You'll get your first side of Hogwarts in a sec, Hagrid called over his shoulder. Just round this bend here. There was a loud, oh. Perched atop a high mountain on the other side of the Great Black Lake, its windows sparkling in the starry sky, was a vast castle with many turrets and towers. Everyone was silent, staring up at the great castle overhead. Then, they clambered up a passageway in the rock after Hagrid's lamp, coming out at last onto smooth, damp grass right in the shadow of the castle. They walked up a flight of stone steps and crowded around the huge oak front door. Hagrid raised a gigantic fist and knocked three times on the castle door. Hello! Welcome to Wanderlust! I like that segue from that, I must say. It, it sounds like I'm answering the door. Um, but guys, <laughs> can you believe it? We've made it to episode 10. Yes. And we have finally arrived at Hogwarts Castle. I mean, can you believe it's taken us this long to get to Hogwarts? What are we, Order of the Phoenix or something? Um, <laughs> working behind the scenes, as Shape. usual, are our Slytherin producer, Steph Black, and our Gryffindor editor, Nicholas Ollivander. Uh, let's face it, without all their hard work, we would just be four out of work Harry Potter tour guide shouting nonsense into microphones. Oh wait. Um, I'm <laughs> Alex Scamander, a Hufflepuff, and I'll be talking about Hogwarts, Hogwarts, Hoggy, Hoggy, Hogwarts, uh, but more specifically the design and defences of the castle. Uh, joining me today are... Hello, I'm Greta Granger. I'm also a Hufflepuff, and today I'm talking about Hogwarts A History. Spoiler alert, it's old. <laughs> and I'm Nicholas Longbottom, a Ravenclaw, and I'll be talking about uh, building materials, <laughs> among other things. Hello, uh, I'm Will Hagrid, uh, so named because though you can't see me, I look a great deal like Fabian Pruitt. And we shall be uh, discussing um, spooky sentience Ooh. Ooh. And, and the location of Hogwarts. What a podcast we have for you listeners. Um, but to start us off, Greta, so you mentioned Hogwarts is old. It um, is. How old is it? Well, I'm so glad you asked. To <laughs> cite Hogwarts a history, which of course is a Granger family favourite, we all know yes. Hogwarts has a rich tapestry of history. But how old do we think it is, guys? When do we think it was founded? Fuck with oh, question to start. 1300. Off I, 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 have, I must have read this at some point, but I, yeah, I'm going to guess 1300. That's not bad. Of course, producer Steph has it. It was actually from the 10th century. It was around 990 AD. When and it's the 10th episode. Oh, coincidence? Oh, oh. I think not. Um, <laughs> well, if you're like me, and occasionally you need some sort of context as to what on earth was going on all the way back then, this was before the Battle of Hastings, guys, which of course was in 1066. So Hogwarts is older than the whole monarchy that we have in England today, which is crazy. Whoa. We still had Anglo-Saxons in charge when it was founded. Utterly mm. mad. Of course, it was founded by the four greatest witches and wizards of their age. I don't need to name them, but I'm gonna. Salazar <laughs> Slytherin, Helga Hufflepuff, Rowena Ravenclaw, and of course, Godric Gryffindor. Imagine if we tried to found a school, guys. I just thought this when I thought of four witches and wizards. Imagine mm. if we did a school. Oh, I think it would be a great success. <laughs> Nick's school. Uh, I see we have found our Salazar Slytherin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> the chamber well, of Nick. That's a giant <laughs> brick, brick built under the school. <laughs> it would be terrifying. Well, speaking yeah. on Salazar, of course, they didn't seem to have a chat before they founded the school because, uh, I mean, that would have been an advisable idea, because, of course, shortly after founding the school, they had a bit of a fallout as to who they should let in. Of course, Salazar Slytherin, he was not too keen on 
muggle-born, or even half-bloods not being allowed in, which feels absolutely crazy, because it's going to mm. go down. But you would have thought yes. that would have been one of the first conversations before they even <laughs> attempted at the school. Yeah. Just thinking, mm. we're all on the same page here, right, guys? Not... <laughs> Build the school and go, oh, wait, oh, yeah. actually. Yeah. I also love the idea of Salazar Slytherin carrying all this wood off somewhere. And they're like, where are you going with that? Nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> no carrying a snake under his arm. Where are you yeah. going with that? Yeah. What are you building? <laughs> Nothing. Uh, yeah. Sign with kill the half-bloods. But um, yeah. yeah, so, and of course, then mentioning Chamber, yeah, he got annoyed and then he built the Chamber of Secrets and then he left, which is uh, pretty, pretty dark. Well, now we know how it was founded. How did they build it? Well, they built it, of course, using various materials. Um, Can you be more vague, please, Nick? <laughs> well, that, I've, that, I've reached the end of my research. Architecturally, it's quite hard to sort of define the actual materials because um, it might be beyond our, our simple muggle comprehension. However, yeah. it's eight stories tall, so they would need some sort of sturdy uh, kind of materials. Some of what we can deduce about the materials is... Uh, gleaned from when and how they might have had to build it, because obviously the statute of secrecy didn't exist when it was constructed. However, mm -hmm. uh, Professor Binns, uh, he actually recalls, they built this castle together far from prying muggle eyes, for it was an age when magic was feared by common people and witches and wizards suffered much persecution. Uh, mm -hmm. So presumably they had to kind of build what is a very big thing in quite a clandestine manner. Yeah. There are various theories of how they might have used the materials. One person or theory that I quite liked uh, is that they simply used the Gemino curse to kind of multiply oh, the yes. rocks they had available uh, oh, okay. to kind of like, you know, build build it into much bigger shapes. Which well, I thought the Gemino curse, they, the stuff disappeared after a while. The yeah, I was wondering that. Well, the builders were contracted for a short period and they didn't <laughs> think long term. So, dumbfounded. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. It's obviously very. Motley as an architectural style has got various different sort of shapes and forms, and presumably that's to accommodate the different magical materials and the enchantments on them. Um, but you you studied architecture, didn't you, Will? So you're I the did, man I, to. I, I, <laughs> I have a degree in history of architecture, and yeah, uh, it's it, it's an absolute mad hodgepodge of styles. So uh, anyone who knows the history of castle architecture. Uh, but hadn't seen the Harry Potter films, would be really weirded out by the fact that looking at the model, there's a cathedral in it. Uh, <laughs> the bell towers are really atypical of castle architecture, but super typical of um, specifically Romanesque cathedral architecture. And that's because they filmed in Durham Cathedral and there just had to be a bit of a castle that looked just like Durham Cathedral. Also, uh, Attic Castle makes a couple of appearances, so there's this uh, classic... Um, there's an inner bailey and an outer bailey because Annick Castle has those. There's cloisters, because mm. Durham, there's courtyards. The other major uh, architectural style is Scots baronial. Do you guys know this? No. no. Who doesn't? <laughs> me. The other two hosts, apparently. <laughs> or indeed me. I lied. I don't know what it is. <laughs> Do they know who, like, because we don't know the name of the wizard architect who actually built Hogwarts. I, look, I tried I, to find his name. It's um, just the Hogwarts architect. Yeah. Yes. Ooh, Which is curious given that J.K. Rowling is so specific that mm. she deliberately not name him. Well, mm. I think J.K.'s idea was that Hogwarts would have been added to over the years uh, with, mm. yeah. with different bits and different styles. And that they've, they've stuck to quite faithfully in the model. Um, for example, uh, the use of Roman versus Gothic arches. Scots baronial, though, is another thing altogether. Um, 
There aren't big castles, but there are big castles. The big castles tend to be 19th century or maybe 18th century, and they're built in this very, very specific Scottish style. The Hogwarts that we know from the model is mostly that. Do you, do you, here's a question for you. Do you know how many towers there are in Hogwarts? No, tell. Well, I, I, I ask you all. <laughs> Would anyone oh, care to guess? Uh, seven. Seven, says Alex. I'm going to go with 11. 11, says Greta. 20, says our producer, Steph Black. Lunacy. Uh, and William, you think? Uh, 75. No, I'm, I'm going with 11. <laughs> uh, Alex is the closest. There are six. Oh. Um, ah. Yes. So, again, curiously, not seven, which we would have expected. Probably yeah. the most uh, frequently visited and uh, uh, referred to is the Gryffindor Tower, of course, because... Harry spends most of his time there staring wistfully out of windows and talking to Hedwig. The common room is on the seventh floor, however, and each dormitory is arranged one floor per year above the common room. So that means that it must be 15 stories high and it's about 100 feet tall. Uh, It's consequently one of the three tallest towers in Hogwarts, along with the Astronomy and Ravenclaw Tower. And as if to emphasise the hierarchy and the blatant favouritism of Hogwarts School towards Gryffindor... Just look at where they've arranged the houses, because you have Gryffindor at the very, very top. Uh, Hufflepuff doesn't even get a tower. They have a common room in the basement next to the kitchen. That's all I care about. We're we're okay. We're okay there. We don't need a grand tower to show off. We don't need your pity. Clearly you've got your priorities sorted, because you are, as you say, nearer to the food. So who's the real winner? And the Slytherins are literally in the dungeons. (laughs) Do you think think that was after Salazar stormed away, like he left the group? The the other food was like, like, put put them in in the dungeons. Do you think when Snape became headmaster, he did a whole, like, refurb, and he put them up in the tower, and then the Gryffindors, they didn't even get a place to sleep. They were just out in the forest, because... Like, we will have the tower at last. (laughs) I mean, let's not forget Snape wasn't actually bad. No, but he was probably quite irate, as many Slytherins may be, that they've yeah. got the rum deal. Mm. True. Equally, since the founders had a say in the construction, of course, we can only assume that Godric Gryffindor, of all the founders, has the biggest inferiority complex, since he had to build <laughs> the biggest tower and yeah. be like, this is me! Um, <laughs> it's also the tower that the dragon lands on when Harry is trying to evade it in the Triwizard Tournament, in a thrilling sequence. There's also the Astronomy Tower. This is in fact the Mm. tallest tower in Hogwarts, bigger even than Gryffindor's hugely inflated ego, presumably so that it can accommodate the viewing of stars. In fact, uh, it has an open roof that students can go out on and observe uh, the stars. Do you remember what the Professor of Astronomy is called? Sinestra? Yes, indeed. Aurora Sinestra, which is a cool name. Great name. Um, The top of the tower... Uh, the Astronomy Tower, has frequently been used to meet by broomstick in the dead of night and is used to conduct clandestine meetings with visitors who do not want their presence being known in Hogwarts. It's obviously also featured in the Battle of the Tower, uh, fought at the pinnacle and base of this um, in the Half-Blood Prince. It's also curious because from there, I think think it's when they're doing their astronomy test in Order of the Phoenix that they do see... Do you remember that bit where uh, Umbridge and I think two auras go after Hagrid and it's when McGonagall comes to protect him oh, and gets yes. hit yeah. and oh, almost yes. killed, which is <gasps> horrific to me. Yeah. Like the kids can see it from the astronomy tower, mm, which yeah. is kind of impressive. Because they're I mean, in an exam, aren't they? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. But it's sort of interesting yeah. that they can recognise. I mean, I guess Umbridge you'd recognise because she presumably would be wearing pink. Hagrid, of course, you would know. Yeah. It's interesting that they seem to recognise McGonagall, I feel, but... Well, they just recognise the sheen of awesome surrounding yeah. her. I mean, yeah. Yes. Uh, the Ravenclaw Tower is another one. It's located on the west 
side of the building. It is widely considered to be the coolest and best of the towers, and all sources agree that it contains the coolest people. Uh, there is also... I, I'd like you to name some of those sources, Nick. Mm, was this a J.K. Rowling tweet <laughs> that you've eventually again? <laughs> Gentleman doesn't uh, divulge his sources. Uh, there's also... There's the West Tower. Um, blah, 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 blah. That's the location of the Owlery. It's located mm. 13 windows to the left of Flitwick's office. And I worked this out myself because Sirius Black is locked in Flitwick's office, which is described as 13 windows to the right of the West Tower. And using my intellect, I simply reversed that calculation. Uh, it has a circular peak and perches, which rise right to the top of the tower, uh, with no windows to allow owls to come and go, uh, mm. leading it to be somewhat drafty, as observed by Harry when he is up there. Uh, in the film, this is also where Harry unsuccessfully asks Cho Chang to the ball. Oh. <laughs> so, uh, gets a little bit frostier up there. Uh, <laughs> thank you. There's the North Tower, Divination Tower, home of Trelawney. There's Dumbledore's Office Tower. And... They are all the towers, so they all feature somewhat in the uh, in the books, but uh, primarily the astronomy and uh, Gryffindor Tower are the most prominent. Well, I had a little think also, how muggle wizards, if that is such a thing, it's a bit of a paradox. Wizards. Wizards, uh, indeed. How wizards <laughs> are actually invited to school. Now, we all know that children who come from classical wizarding families, they just get their letter of acceptance mm-hmm. at 11. However, if a child is muggle-born, a staff member from the school visits the child or the child's family to inform them of the existence of Hogwarts and the wizarding world. Oh. Like, any staff member? I used to always think it was McGonagall, but does that mean that they would send, like, Snape or Quirrell to go and be like... <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Can you yeah. imagine? <laughs> yeah. like your first introduction to a wizard would be Snape. Um, yeah. But Dumbledore goes to visit um, little Tom Riddle, doesn't he? And is all like... Um, mm, yes. So Oh, true, yes. Yeah. Steph just pointed out he was only the deputy for, at that point. Ah, so so he's, he didn't quite get so. the cream of the... Cream of the so I did not shoot him. nice nice well there is surely no defense against your wit nick so what other defenses are there in the magical world that was good well so it's interesting so yeah i was sort of given this task for this podcast to look at the defenses and initially i thought oh yeah that's quite easy there's like quite a few Mm. but then i sort of realized a lot of them just come from the wizards and not necessarily the school itself Mm. so for instance the big one that you get is um well, in the book, it's Protego Horribilis, uh, which is the shielding charm that Flitwick casts. But in the movie, it becomes Protego Maxima, which is when a lot of the adult characters are cast. Which I must say is a really beautiful moment of that movie. Mm. I don't know, it's a bit yeah. of a change, but oh, I yeah. think the, the music and everything is so, so good in that, at that moment. Um, and then also in the movie, in that battle, we get probably one of the best additions to the movie ever when McGonagall does the Pierre Totem oh. locomotor. She says, I've always mm. wanted to use that spell. Yeah. Um, oh. And not only that, not only is that delivery amazing because it's such an un-McGonagall kind of moment, but you can kind of believe it, but also Julie Walters to her side playing Molly Weasley. <laughs> That's a really brilliant reaction uh, where she's just like, what the hell? <laughs> um, so next time you watch it, do look out for that. Um, but I, guess, I would argue that probably the main defence that, Hogwarts has within the books and movie is the fact it's unplottable. Mm, uh, yes. I would argue that it's obviously a defence because it's obviously stopping people from knowing where it is. 
And of course, it, to muggles, it just looks like an old abandoned, uh, it just looks like ruins, basically, mm-hmm. doesn't it? So they don't actually end up seeing it, even if they happen to come across it. Um, which, for me, if I were to come across it as a muggle ruin, I love ruins. And I'm yeah. sure a lot, a lot oh, of us yeah. do. Like, no, that, that's only going to encourage people. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so we'd we'd certainly stumble yeah. across Hogwarts by mistake and be like, what's this? Yeah. <laughs> I think there's supposed to be also a sign saying it's unsafe, but it's yeah. just like... All right, Again, I'll keep that in just... mind. But I'm still going to go in. Q <laughs> yeah. Maverick. Yeah. But what would happen? I wonder. Like, if a muggle just did decide to go in, like, would they end up seeing Hogwarts? Would or would there be this muggle walking around all the students, but not seeing them, and the students going, "Who the hell is this person?" Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How does it work? One, one interesting thing um, in J.K.'s original sketches, uh, both of them, there is a surrounding curtain wall which doesn't go in the films. Oh. Okay. Um, so the muggles might presume they just knock into that and go, oh, yeah, a, ho- a-, a cold force field. Away I go. <laughs> I have <laughs> no <laughs> questions. Well, Steph just did, did just point out, which is something I'd half remembered or half forgotten, was that uh, they, there might be a spell that does make them suddenly think they've forgotten something and make them go away, which is why I mm. thought it might be in the case, because, yeah, right. otherwise there's a lot of problems. Maybe um, you've been to Hogwarts because you just half forgot it. that's true (laughs) and obviously another big defense it has is the anti-apparition charm which Mm -hmm. stops and 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 also i assume anti-disapparition charm Mm. Uh, i'm assuming it goes both ways um (laughs) yeah (laughs) which is a big change in the uh movie again and again you know you've got to understand why they do this because of course got to cut down time because in the at the end of half blood prince when harry and dumbledore are going to the cave harry and dumbledore of course walk to hogsmeade Mm. Yeah, so they do that, of course, in the books. But in the movie, they do it from the uh, astronomy tower. Um, and they sort of pass up, you know, they quickly gloss over it in the movie by Dumbledore going, oh, well, I'm a headmaster. I can do what the hell I like. <laughs> I might be pa- I might be paraphrasing. I might be paraphrasing. <laughs> <laughs> might be paraphrasing. But, <laughs> yeah, I think so, maybe. The reason they end up in the tower in the book, for those who might not remember, is because they fly on brooms, don't they? And that's, the, as Nick said, the tallest tower. So obviously, it's the most convenient to get, I assume, by broom. Mm. Another thing, going back to the movie, like... Because when when I was trying to look at defences, I was really trying to think, there must be more than this. Um, another thing I kind of found, which you can kind of argue, is is something that's only in the movie, which is the layout itself. Because it's kind of got a moat around the tower, in a way, because it's sort of connected by uh, bridges. Um, mm-hmm. Yes. Which obviously is a really great defensive thing. And you do see this in the battle, like, they... they um, the invaders have to go across the bridge, which obviously benefits um, those defending the castle. Within the books, spacing on JK's um, sketches, it's pretty open, isn't it? So mm-hmm. it's they can come from all over. Um, well, a- a- apart from the wall, yeah. Yeah. Apart from, well, yeah, apart from that massive wall. There is, there is a wall yeah. around the entire thing. There's all right, fine. Apart from the wall, Will. Uh, it's, right. it's completely easy to walk in. You sound a bit defensive there, Alex. <laughs> I've just built a wall around myself. Um, maybe maybe you're the last line of defence, because going, what? What is it? What? <laughs> but I agree with what you say, Alex. For a place that gets described as being the safest place for wizards and witches, mm. I have... <laughs> a list of things which <laughs> actually goes against this. Uh, just a couple that I just came up with off the top of my head. The fact that an Azkaban prisoner on the run took, took up a teaching position there. <laughs> you also, you can sneak in a whole army with vanishing cabinets. Um, yep. You can literally talk yep. to anyone through the fireplace, including another man supposedly on the run, i.e. Sirius Black. Yeah. So how is apparition not allowed, but that flu powder is? Well, Exactly. 
That's, that's, that's crazy. <laughs> you're, you're completely right. Explain. I've never really thought about that, Greta. That's crazy. And also, like, the room of requirement, to what degree can it be used? Like, if, if a, a, you know, loyal Slytherin was like, we need a big hole for all of Voldemort's army to get in, and then they went in and the room of requirement just gave them a big hole in the wall <laughs> that everyone could walk through or something like that. Surely... Yeah. But that's, I, I, that's almost what happens, but for the other... Sorry, I've just, just seen Steph's thing. That's hilarious. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Say a loyal Slytherin. Loyal to the Dark Lord, obviously. Obviously. <laughs> I mean, reading the Philosopher's Stone, Harry does say multiple times that the Slytherins look like a terrible lot. So no, no, no. They live in the dungeons. <laughs> They've been put in the dungeons. <laughs> oh, gosh. Sorry, all I was going to say was that it does get used as that, Nick, doesn't it? Like, where, where the room mm. requirement becomes basically this long corridor to, um, yeah. uh, not the not the Hogshead. No, it is a Hogshead, isn't it? It's the, it is, yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Um, to go there. So it can be used for that, but because they're already using it, they, um, uh, Death Eaters or Voldemort sympathisers can't then use it because it's already been occupied. Yeah. Mm. But yeah, you're right. It could have been well, used. You're completely right if they yeah, weren't already using it. It's just another, another of the... I imagine that was on your list, Greta. It was. It 100% was. Well, so let's talk about Pettigrew running around in there. Yeah. 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 Uh, the fact that there's a monster in a chamber underneath that could kill half the school if it was let <laughs> out. Uh, I don't know, yeah, yeah. flesh-eating spiders in the forest. Yep, where the students have to... <laughs> I mean, to be fair, Jumbledore does say, don't go in the forest. I mean, having said, don't go in the forest, he does then engineer various circumstances so that they have to go in the forest. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, it's like, don't go in the forest, but if you've got detention, that's absolutely <laughs> yeah, fine. Exactly. Yeah. We're just going to give you a lamp and a coward dog. <laughs> I still can't believe Hagrid separates from them. <laughs> like, I know, he like, leaves Harry that, alone, the supposed yeah, saviour. And yeah, but the absolute no worst died. thing happens. Voldemort. They come across Voldemort. <laughs> <laughs> what are the chances? <laughs> that's, uh, that's all I had. I will hear here endeth the rant. <laughs> it casts a cloud over the uh, Hogwarts administration at the time of Hagrid's studentdom. Uh, that their solution to the the uh, uh, the <laughs> the spider problem was just expel him. Mm. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Sorted. Done. <laughs> yeah. 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 Problem solved. He has been expelled. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we have no problem with the spider. <laughs> so I, I, I don't know, Nick. Uh, your room of requirement uh, question. I wonder if the room of requirement does exercise a degree of judgment. Um, uh, Hogwarts. Is it alive? Um, ooh. That's. Pretty much the title of a an, uh, uh, sort of very short paragraph length essay thing uh, on Wizarding <laughs> World. Uh, it's almost canon that in some way it is. It does seem to have um, some sort of at least agency. Yeah. Um, there's yeah yeah there's there's tons of examples. Mm. Uh, the the most famous and prominent and significant one is Dolores Umbridge being locked out of the headmaster's office. Mm. Yes, yeah, uh, the yeah, castle yeah. does that of its own accord, just because mm. it doesn't like her. Yeah. There's others. There's um, uh, there's the uh, mentioned in Philosopher's Stone the doors that pretend to be walls and the walls that pretend to be doors and the doors yeah. that have to be tickled the right way if you want them to open. It it seems to have something that at least looks like sentience. The received wisdom about Hogwarts sentience is that it's a byproduct of the amount of magic that's done within the walls and within the grounds over such a long time. It's very powerful magic. A bit of it sort of sticks. Um, yeah. It maybe gets trapped. Those bits of magic start talking to the other bits of magic. Uh, and it, it, it develops a sort of 
very particular um, animus. Um, wow. So the castle gets more powerful mm. as it goes on. Is that? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Very, very much so. Yeah. That's 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 a, an awesome way of putting it. Yeah. Um, I also like the idea that it obviously is so old at this point that it it does seem to like to torture the people inside it by like we said like the trick stairs and the like mm. fake walls yeah. and stuff yeah. like that. Like, yes, is that it, for its own amusement? Or yeah, it very clearly has a sense of humor. Definitely. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. There is also rather a fun Reddit thread about this because there's a fun Reddit thread about everything. <laughs> um, <laughs> there really is. <laughs> And it brings up all sorts of fun questions, like uh, Hogwarts is unplottable, and yet the Marauders are able to make a map of it. Uh, is this because the yeah. castle is amused by them and indulges them? Oh, um, yeah, I like that. I would like I like that idea that they might have had they might have had some kind of help from the castle because I still think that's incredible that they did that mm. that the Marauders map at all, mm. even even with the fact that it's supposed to be unplottable, like. Sure. That is such an incredible bit of magic for students. Mm. Because Dumbledore oh, yeah. Yeah, doesn't yeah, yeah, yeah. know all the secrets of the castle, does he? He says right, that. Exactly. He says so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and he's been there far longer. <laughs> yeah. Like, so, uh, so strange. Another one this brings up. Uh, our heroes tend to be in the right place at exactly the right time. Um, mm, yeah. Quite a lot. Is this coincidence or is it the castle going... Oh, something's <laughs> happening over there. I'll put these convenient people where... Because, you know, the corridors move, the stairs move, things are in a different yeah, place on a yeah. Thursday. Oh, our <laughs> producer Steph has just said uh, she always thought the castle was a woman. Um, mm. Well, I'm keeping the deep voice, Steph. <laughs> <laughs> so, obviously, the castle, as you were mentioning earlier, Will, in terms of the film's design, it's sort of... That design has become so iconic uh, to myself, I'm sure many others, where... When I see another illustration of Hogwarts, it just doesn't look like Hogwarts to me anymore. I can't accept now any other version of Hogwarts because the mm. movie uh, did su such a good job, I think, of designing it. But there are really there are quite a few significant different designs. Well, the one that's most interesting is Scholastic, who of course are the American publishers. They re-released the books for the for the fiftieth anniversary of Harry Potter uh, with brand new at 15th. Sorry, let's say 50th. <laughs> How old are we? <laughs> Sorry, 15th, right. yeah, if, if that wasn't clear. But um, this, uh, an artist called Kazu uh, Kibushi um, illustrated them, um, and he illustrated Hogwarts with a uh, Japanism. And I've seen the images, and it's so fantastic. Again, it's like, oh, this is not what I've expected Hogwarts to look like, but it's really brilliant, and I highly recommend people look this up. because, I mean, overall, all of his illustrations are incredible, so mm. I really recommend checking those out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah, in terms of the going back to the model, um, there's a brilliant story from Stuart Craig, who I've mentioned many times because he was the production designer on the movies. And he hated the fact they had to use real locations because he did want to build a Hogwarts mm. that all made sense and uh, or connected better. But as you obviously mentioned, Will, they didn't do that because they, they had to rush mm. the first movie particularly so much that they couldn't really build many. So they had to film in so many real locations. Yeah, um, yeah. So over the course of the movies, you will see the model evolving because often it was just adding things in that they suddenly needed for that movie. So, you know, suddenly they would have uh, the greenhouses in the second movie yeah. that you would never have seen in the mm. first one and things like that. And also he said he hated the silhouette in the first movie, which is crazy to me because when you see it, I look, I, it's still so incredible mm. to me. Mm. But I, I prefer it to the later silhouette. It's Do much you? more how I imagine Hogwarts. Yeah, Interesting. Yeah. Well, there you go. Um, but yeah, Stuart Craig was the opposite and he, he finally got to the sixth movie. He was like, this is the Hogwarts I wanted. This is what I... You know, this is what I imagined, and I'm happy with this. And then he's also it's 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 ironic because of course in the next story they blow it up. Oh, uh, yeah. So <laughs> yeah, of course, typical, really. Sort of backtracking in a segue sort of way. If you type Hogwarts into Google Maps, um, the studios is one of the places that comes up. Okay. 
this, this wasn't always the case. So I, I, I was tasked by our producer, Steph, of um, uh, working out the exact location of an unplottable place. Um, <laughs> but I've done it. Uh, <laughs> uh, my first port of call was, of course, to type it into various map apps. Mm. Back in the day, if you Google mapped Hogwarts uh, and Hogsmeade, they'd both come up on uh, appropriate-ish locations uh, in, in, in the real world. They've taken that away now, presumably because they no longer like fun. Um, <laughs> I've just Googled Hogwarts and it's taken me to Mumbai. Oh, yeah. yeah, it's not there. It's almost certainly in Scotland. It's referenced so many times in the books, uh, in the extended universe, in uh, JK, in an interview as early as 1997, uh, mentions that she always imagined it being in Scotland. Documentary book evidence in the films Sirius is cited in Dufftown, and Hermione Sounds says... Sounds like uh, where Duffman comes from. Dufftown! <laughs> Dufftown! <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, conclusively that Hogwarts is in Springfield, Massachusetts. Um, <laughs> yes. Hermione then says, Dufftown? That's not far from here. Um, yeah. She's always implying. good for exposition, is Hermione, isn't she? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, very, very much so. There is another clue as well, and this is useful for narrowing in the exact location of Scotland. And I've got a lot of this from a magnificent Mad as a Fish article. Uh, <laughs> we keep mentioning this website. She talks about uh, the fact that the Forbidden Forest is deciduous rather than coniferous. Right. Uh, and works out the climate that Hogwarts has to be in from that. Uh, she talks about the, the mysterious lack of midges. Uh, if it's in the Highlands of Scotland, which it's almost certainly supposed to be. One of the things that she also mentions, which is, uh, in my opinion, a huge great clue, is that on the wall of Hogwarts Castle in Prisoner of Azkaban, it is explicitly stated that there's a map of Argyleshire. The uh, fat lady hides in it at one point. The article also does a wonderful bit of linguistic tomfoolery. Um, why is Hogwarts called Hogwarts? asks Mad as a Fish. Uh, she points out, very amusingly, that hogwart is a plant used to make laxatives. Uh, <laughs> but, um, it all but, makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> but she speculates that the hog might be a corruption of hoch, uh, which is a word for an ancient burial mound, and that wart uh, is a medieval pet name, I'm quoting directly here, for people called Arthur. And that <gasps> Wait the, a moment. I just yeah. listen. I just I, I mentioned this to you guys earlier outside the podcast. I did just watch Disney Sword in the Stone, and Arthur <laughs> is referred Arthur is referred to Wart throughout. Yep, absolutely. Oh. Now, this is somewhat contradicted by the wombat exam that she put on her own actual website, where she says that Rowena Ravenclaw had a uh, a dream of a warty hog leading her to the site of Hogwarts. Nonetheless, <laughs> it's it's, uh, <laughs> it's it's good stuff. Pure coincidence. Um, <laughs> so um, yeah, uh, Madzafish says that uh, that. That, if she's right about the linguistic thing, must put Hogwarts south of Loch Lomond because uh, Galloway, one of the two places she identifies as the likely Hogwarts location, um, is the reged of Arthurian myth. But I happen to know that there is also an ancient Britonic kingdom of Strathclyde, or Alt Clud, the kingdom of the rock, um, which is... Um, its boundaries went much further north, right in... To the territory of Old Argyleshire. You take that one. I think if it's anywhere, it is uh it's it's in the uh sort of middly southerny part of the, the top bit of Scotland on the west coast in the mountains. 
Well then, what on earth are we doing here? We all need to bundle in a car and go to Hogwarts <laughs> and begin our education. One noted which... curveball to all of this, and that is that Dufftown is miles away from Argyleshire. Hermione. I mean, <laughs> yes, it's more than possible that Hermione is just wrong. And this is further <laughs> proof that you need serious uh, exceptionally lost. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yes. I, I should say that Dufftown does have its own castle. It's ruined. And it's a big um, Borders English style ruined castle rather than the Highland Tower houses. And it's pretty close to a lake. Ah. Very good, very good. I've learned so much in that time. My mind is (laughs) (laughs) overwhelmed with information. Actually, Balvenie Castle uh, was going to be my contender for real life Hogwarts, but I've got a better one. I'd oh, like yeah. to hear your real-life contenders for Hogwarts. <laughs> <laughs> well, I must admit, like, you, obviously you've done a huge amount of research, and I feel kind of embarrassed by the lack of research I've done in deciding which uh, castle should be the real Hogwarts. I um, haven't mine yet. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I picked a ruin near Dufftown. Dufftown! Um, and I've gone for uh, Auchendown? Castle, oh, yeah. Alchemy, Good castle, which is a lovely set of ruins, mm. and purely based, as you just said, on the fact that it's near Dufftown and it's in ruins. That's, that's it. <gasps> oh. yeah. Well, I've been I've been quite thorough in mine. Um, oh, can, can we get? I've come with a. F- you can if you like. Is it an I... Exeter? <laughs> <laughs> I think that Hogwarts. Is Exeter University? Oh, of course you <laughs> oh, do. Right out loud, Nick. Are you joking? <laughs> are, are you joking? Nope. I, oh my god! Called is... it, guys. Called it. <laughs> Exeter University, the the famous 1970s building. <laughs> let me let me finish. Exeter is a medley of possible Potter inspiration points. We've already incontrovertibly agreed that Gandhi Street is Diagon Alley and the Firehouse is the Leaky Corner. So it seems only logical, inevitable even, uh, that Exeter is, in fact, Hogwarts. The university itself is enthroned on a hill overlooking verdant pastures and sloping woodland, like Hogwarts. Many of the buildings have long glass windows, like in Hogwarts. Uh, talented and handsome people train there. <laughs> Long glass window. And here's my trump card, ladies and gentlemen. J.K. Rowling went to Union Exeter. There, I said it. Boom. Well, you haven't mentioned that before, ever. No, you haven't mentioned that in every episode, ever. <laughs> Jesus. It's, it's Exeter. There's no possible debate. What about you, Greta? Well, I think I slightly misunderstood the assignment, guys. So, <laughs> well, so I thought I was coming with the worst suggestions. So this is great. Greta's on, answer Gret- is seven. So I didn't think someone that was Hogwarts, but I have a theory that the Parthenon in Athens is actually a Greek magical school. So Ooh. that's crazy out here, you okay. But um, tell us. Hear me out. So the reasons I have, they're not as watertight as Nick's, but the, um, the building <laughs> How itself... How could they be? Oh, <laughs> That's impossible. There's no long glass windows, that's pedantial. But the building itself, like Hogwarts, it's ruins. Those of you who've been there will know. You like? I know, Alex, you've been there. I Yeah, it's great. I loved it so much. It is magnificent, but it's ruins. It's very quite hard to get up to, actually. So it's surrounded by rubble. It's up on a hill. It's very hot, as you know, Greece. Um, so <laughs> they don't make it easy. You can't access it too well. And also there is a section that's corded off as well. So muggles can't actually access it. 
They have centaurs on their Parthenon carvings, yeah. which you can see mm. in the British Museum. They also have their own version of the Triwizard Tournament. They just call it the Olympics, whatever. And, <laughs> Are and, we letting that pass? Like, shut <laughs> <laughs> on. Well, my final argument, not that I need another one, but I believe that they created myths to describe to muggles why magical things happen. So there you go. Nailed it. But Will, what's yeah, yours? That's very good. So, well, okay, I, I had a couple of contenders. One was Dumbarton Castle, uh, which was the capital of Altclud, the Kingdom of the Rock. It actually it sits on uh, Dumbarton Rock, um, like Hogwarts does, right next to a body of water. Like Hogwarts, except the body of water is the sea. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's a very big body of water, but Will, does it have a long window in it? <laughs> uh, well, just a moment, Alex, let me look at an image. <laughs> Good heavens, it, it does! Uh, <laughs> oh my <laughs> gosh, what? <laughs> but I came finally to the conclusion that Hogwarts was the home of Scotland's most famous medieval wizard, Michael Scott. Um, Michael Scott. Michael Scott was a real person. He was famous throughout Europe. He was one of the greatest uh, uh, savants of the, the uh, early Middle Ages. He um, spoke an absurd number of languages. He was a mathematician, an astronomer, an astrologer, an alchemist, and by legend, a terrifying wizard. <laughs> the castle is called Balweary Castle. Ooh. Wow. Uh, Balweary Castle. Yeah, it's in Fife, which is nowhere near Hogwarts. But it's got magic traditions, and it's a castle, and it is now a very picturesque ruin situated very close to a lake. Okay. That does sound credible. It's a good contender. And yeah. guess how long the windows are? <laughs> Very. Are they are long? They long? <laughs> <laughs> Several walls have fallen down, so they're the longest windows I can think of. Well, that clinches it. <laughs> That's just the sky, Will. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. And on that note, thank you for listening to the podcast this week and entering Hogwarts Castle with us. Of course, no one knows all of Hogwarts' secrets, but hopefully we'll discover a few more things along the way. So if you enjoyed following Harry's journey with us, then don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, CastBox, and follow us on social media, uh, you know, your Facebooks, Twitters, Instagram. Follow us at Wanderlust. TFM, where there'll be lots of extra behind-the-scenes stuff and little extra snippets and fun. And of course, catch up with us next week as Wanderlust is getting sorted. Or sorted. It's time for the Great Hall. See you there. Mischief managed. Goodbye. Hooray! Yay. I really want to get your voice, Alex, on my phone going, Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I'm going to make it. Somehow soothing and sinister at the same time. <laughs> <laughs>